Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you today to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today we will be discussing forgiveness, what it means and why it's so important to our Father in heaven. And our scripture for today is from Ephesians 4.32. You must be kind to each other. Think of the other person. Forgive other people just as God forgave you because of Christ's death on the cross. Oh, that's good. Forgiveness is a pretty big deal. Would both of you agree? Yeah. 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 All right, let's talk about what forgiveness is. Susan, you want to start? Sure. Forgiveness is the freedom to let go. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's dismissing your demand that others owe you something, especially when they failed to meet your expectations, failed to keep a promise, and failed to treat you justly. Right. In Matthew 5.39, Jesus says, If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him, the other also. Oh, boy, do I struggle with this scripture. Right. You guys? I can be prone to allowing the enemy's lies in and influence me to think I want revenge. Yep. I might think, I'm not going back for more abuse. Right. However, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all they know. Yeah. I think Jesus is saying here, offer grace and love to this hurt person. It could be they have never experienced it before. Right. Right. I personally have experienced someone very close to me failed to meet my expectations. I was very angry after my sister died. I was mad she left us so early. She was 54 years old. She had so much more life to live and moments to experience is what I thought. My expectation was for her to live longer. And it was challenging to let go and let God have her in heaven where she would be unconditionally loved. It felt like she abandoned me and I was more focused on my loss. This took me through the process of forgiveness. I chose to forgive her for departing this world so soon. And I chose to remember all the good times we had together as a child and an adult. And I treasure those memories and the beautiful person she was with her tremendous sense of humor and laugh. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, if God can forgive us of all of our sins, then we must do the same for people that do harm to us or the people that we love. If we hold on to unforgiveness and anger, resentment and bitterness take root within us, Mm-hmm. And the enemy uses all of those things to harm us. Right. Yeah. It's important. It's also important to remember that we mess up too. Right. You know? Yes. There are things that I've done in my lifetime that require someone to forgive me because I've hurt them. And I think of the pain that I've caused to people that I love. And it hurts me to know that I've caused them pain because of my actions. I've come a long way in my relationship with the Lord. And he's shown me why it's important to not only forgive others, but to also ask forgiveness from the people that I've hurt in my life. I've done that. And it has brought so much freedom within me. You know, if we expect and want others to forgive us, then we must be able to forgive others that have hurt us, just as God forgives you know, right. each of us for our sins. Right, right. You know, when we come to Jesus for salvation, we understand that we have to be forgiven of our sins and allow Jesus' sacrifice of his life and blood to cleanse us of those sins. So a relationship with Jesus begins with forgiveness and continues on in our relationship with the acknowledgement of our faults and a continual reliance on the grace and the blood of Jesus to live a pure, cleansed, life, you know, that's free of sin. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you've been a Christian for most of your life, like me, you can fall into a pattern, like a religious pattern. Oh, yeah. You know, and become blinded to that hard truth that we've all sinned, and we all live daily by God's grace and love. And there was, you know, many times over the years that things have happened to me, and I've had to forgive. And I've also had to ask for forgiveness for my mistakes, and was really grateful that those that I hurt forgave me, at least, you know, in their words they did. Right. It's always hardest when you've been deeply hurt or wronged, and you have to forgive the other person. Do we have to forgive? You know, God's instructions to us in His Word are a definite and a hard yes. Yes. That is, you know, if you want to live a totally free life in Christ, you know, free from any division between you and the Father. So, in other words, you can go without forgiving as a Christian, but you won't have that oneness with the Father as you should. Yeah. You see, there are you know things that we may have done or not done that can cause a separation between us and God, and if we allow it to remain and don't take care of it, it carries uh, or, or it creates like a barrier between us and our Father, and He doesn't want anything to become a barrier or a stumbling block in our lives. 
that would cause us to become calloused and hard-hearted towards others. Yeah, that's so not a good feeling. Yeah, right. you feel that barrier. Yeah, right. You know, and the instructions he gives us in his word is for our benefit. The act of forgiveness or forgiving someone releases us from the attachment to that person who offended us, and it frees us, you know, from the account. Right. Right. Forgiveness is dismissing, canceling, or setting someone free from the consequence of falling short of God's standard, like you said, Laura. Right. The holy standard of God is perfection, yet we've all fallen short. We know that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And we have all sinned. The penalty for our sins is spiritual death, separation from God. That doesn't feel good. No, No. not at all. Even thinking about it. No. Not now. The penalties for our sins, our debt, was paid by Jesus through a sacrificial death on the cross. Therefore, instead of being separated from God, we can have our debt dismissed by God and experience an eternal life in heaven. This is described in Acts 10.43. Everyone who believes in him, Jesus, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Thank you, Jesus. When I've fallen short in sin, the Holy Spirit usually convicts me right away. Right. I don't like that feeling of not being in alignment with God. Me neither. Yep. I'd rather confess to God and apologize to the person I've sinned against so I can get right with God and the person instead of carrying that heavy, burdensome feeling around with me. Yeah. Mm, and, I, and I feel like, you know, too, when we carry that around for a long period of time, that's pretty much what causes depression. Yeah. It can yeah. set in real deep with us. Yep. Yes. You know? So don't do it. Well, yeah, easier said than done, right? I know. We've all been there. So. Sometimes you don't even know you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Until it's, until and you don't he even know it to you. Right. That's, and you don't even know you're depressed until you're in such a hole, you know. You dug yourself yeah. a hole really deep. But that's the important of keeping intimate with God because He'll reveal all that to you. Yeah. You know, you're holding on to this daughter. I am. Yeah. And when you yeah. let it go, then you feel the, the, the lightness, oh, yeah. you know, because you're to go. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this unforgiveness feels like a heavy shackle chained to, chained to my ankle. Right. Once I realized I learned that forgiveness was one of the keys to freedom, I could move further and further in God's kingdom instead of being held down. Mm-hmm. It says in Hebrews twelve one, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run and with perseverance the race marked out for us. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, this was all a process for me because in my past, I might have taken a lot more time in my prayer room to meditate on what had occurred and asked if there is anything in my heart that needs aligning towards God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. In Psalm 139, 23, 24, it says, God, examine me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any bad thing in me. Lead me on the road to everlasting life. You know, Susan, that's a, a scripture that I pray over myself many times. Like, I'll go into my prayer time, and I'm like, Lord, and I quote this scripture, you yeah. know, examine me, know my heart. Me too. It's just a, you know, especially when I've, I'm feeling like there's something that needs to be yeah. uh, forgiven or released. Right. And so, but I'm not really sure exactly what it is. And so, I pray that over myself and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the, mm-hmm. the hidden things in my heart so I can repent of it. Yeah. I don't like there to be anything. Me either. Me you know, either. I want there to be a clear pathway between me and God. Yep. But I think that's after having some freedom in finding how to release that burden. Right, because you God. know the difference. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. We live it. We walk it now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I, that same. I want him to, to reveal those things to me because, like she said, like, mm-hmm. like Laura said, I don't want there to be anything between me. Right. No. Because it feels good it feels when good. there's nothing there. Right. Right. Yes. And it's how he speaks. Mm-hmm. How he reveals revelation. It's how he shows you things. He takes you further. It's, oh, I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Another stumbling block for me was releasing my resentment toward my offender. Yeah. One real challenge for me is when people don't respect one's boundaries Mm-hmm. Oh, we've talked about boundaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Podcast topic. Yeah. It feels like work to consistently explain what boundaries are to people who might right. not understand them. And, and, then, and why do right? we have to do that? Like, because get away from me. <laughs> well, and, you know, Susan's certified spiritual counselor, you know, so she understands the boundaries, but right. not everybody understands that. Not everybody that. does. And not everybody's been educated that way. Right. So they just know how they feel, but they don't. They can't describe. They act that. on those feelings, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. They're not reined in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even when you do explain them, there's times they still don't respect them, right? Right. So it's challenging. Yeah, and 
It's like they disregard them and it feels violating. Right. Still, I had to learn to forgive the person and not let bitterness or resentment to stay in my heart. Otherwise, I'd be weighed down by this unnecessary burden. It yeah. also took a more severe reinforcement of boundaries as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the enemy wants us to stay stuck in for unforgiveness by bringing up the past. Mm-hmm. He tries to torment us saying that we were unfairly treated and reminds us how badly. Yeah, It's a trap, he sets. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is not based on a feeling, but rather on the fact that we are, all of us are called by God to forgive. That's right, we are. It's also not an emotion, but it's rather an act of will. Right. That frees us. Right. You know, you know, when I was younger, I found it a whole lot easier to forgive other people because I had four other brothers and sisters, and my parents taught us you have to forgive. You know, right. you just have to do it. It's right. it's not a choice. You just have to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But as I got older and I had children of my own and my family, you know, I became more protective of my own family, especially for my children. Right. And I remember one time I was with some other church friends, and one of the friends said something about my son in front of everyone in our group, which didn't put him in a very good light. Ooh. And I am out. Yeah, that yeah. The fireworks went off, and I immediately got upset. And the mama bear claws came out for the very first time in me. (laughs) Never experienced that one before. Yeah. And I was in my twenties. You know, I'd never experienced those protective feelings, and I had an immediate reaction of anger and passionate resentment for being wronged. You know, suddenly took place in my heart and my mind, and I. I didn't react openly at the time by saying anything to her, but I kept it all inside and I harbored the anger. Yeah. Mm. And I'm typically the peacemaker like Susan, you know, and I hate for there to be anything between me and anybody else. And normally if you would have said something about me, I'd just let it roll off my back and I'd move on, right? Yeah. But these were words about my son, my firstborn son. And all of a sudden it became, you know, like them them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> So, right. yeah, so, but my anger was burning inside of me for like a couple of weeks, which is really long for me because like if something happens, I want to take care of it right away. That's draining. Yeah. yeah. And so this was a long time for me. And each time I reviewed that, you know, it was just I'm mulling it over and over in my mind. Yeah. I would just well up with anger even more so, you know, yeah. over and over. Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I like to resolve things quickly, too. And I'll give you the time you need to cool down. But I think it's important to discuss it so nothing festers. So if there's something that happens between me and someone else, and I know you need some time, I'll give you the time. I'll respect that. But we are going to come back to the table. Yeah, we got to make it right. Yeah, Yeah. I can't. I'm not one of those people who just says, forget it and move on. Right. I know a lot of people that do that, not me. No, (laughs) because stuff builds up. It builds up. You got to take care of it. You can't sweep it under the rug. That's right. It's too important. Yeah. So I had a couple other friends who had witnessed the whole thing, you know, when when it took place. And they noticed how it was really affecting me. Like every time we were around each other, I'd. It'd be like, mm, I'm stiff as a board and angry, you know. And they, they both, you know, advised me to go to her and talk about what happened and work things out. But because I was the one who had been offended, I felt it was her responsibility to come and apologize to me. Hey, we're Christians. Yeah. Right? You're supposed yeah. to do the right thing. And I, you know, I continued to stew over it more and more. And my husband just advised me to, you know, go to her as well. But I stood my ground feeling very justified that she needed to come to me and apologize. Yeah, that's like a spirit of offense. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, I know that now. Right. I see that and recognize it. But back then, I didn't understand that there's a spirit of offense. Right. You yeah. can be offended, but I didn't know that was an actual spirit working in me. Yeah. And the Lord says, don't be easily offended. I don't remember what yeah. the scripture is on that one. But right. I mean, it's important. Right. It's important. It can happen in traffic. Yeah. Think of how many people... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy. 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 We're not talking about my road rage. <laughs> so, yeah, then one, one day my husband came up to me and he brought this, these two scriptures to my attention. One was from Matthew 5, 23 through 24. And he said, it says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. And the other one he brought up was Leviticus 19.17. You must not hate your fellow citizen in your heart. If your neighbor does something wrong, tell him about it, or you'll be partly to blame. Wow. So, you know, yeah. In other words, (laughs) the Matthew scripture, 
that if you've been wronged by another person and you're going before God, presenting yourself before Him, and all of a sudden it comes to your mind of what you did, it says that you're to go to that person and make things right. It's not their job, it's your job. That's right. And then in Leviticus 19.17, it says, you must not hate your brother in your heart, and if you have done something wrong to you, if they've done something wrong to you, go tell him about it, or else I, you know, would be partly to blame. Right. So this is where I began to understand God's heart regarding forgiveness, not mine, but his, and how important it was to him. So he's basically saying, don't come running to me asking me for things when you have something against your brother. Go make things right between you, yourselves, and then come back to me. God is and always has been about the heart. Yep. And your thoughts and your feelings make up who you are and how you love other people. Yeah. I oh. struggle with this. I do. I'm not a confrontational person at all. And if I'm hurt by someone else, I hold on to it because I'm a people pleaser. And if I do, you know, say something to them, I don't want them to be even more upset with me by bringing it up. So I just I let it simmer. Ooh. I will say, though, I'm getting better, you know, because of my intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. If it's inside of me causing pain in my heart, the Holy Spirit will nudge me until I do something about it. Right. All right. He's not yeah. going to let it go. He's not going to let it go. And I can't. So, I, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, I hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just take care of it. I don't like it. I still get that feeling in me, but I'm working through it. Right. I'm going to uh, overcome it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if when you ask or give forgiveness and the other person does or does not forgive it matters only what you do or don't do. You know, it's between you and God. Right. And you're responsible for your own actions and your obedience to God and His ways. Like the reactions of other people or forgiveness of the other person is a matter between them and God. Mm-hmm. You're not responsible for their actions or reactions. That is so true. Yeah. So after meditating on what God's Word commanded and realizing, you know, what, my, what I needed to do about the situation and the division in our friendship— and knowing by now she wasn't going to come to me, yeah, I called her, and that was really hard for me to pick up the phone and call her because I, I was not wanting to do this. This was just out of obedience to God. Yeah. So, you know, my my mind and will and emotions were saying, uh-uh, no, <laughs> no sir, but okay, you yes, were wanting to, but yes style. to God. I was, yeah, I was saying yes to God. You know, so I called her and I asked her if we could just meet up before a meeting that we were going to have at church that night. And so I started out the, when I got there, I I started out the conversation by just, I asked her if there was anything that I might have said or done to give her reason to speak badly about my son. And I explained what had taken place and how it had hurt my feelings. And she totally couldn't even remember that, that what happened. And once I mentioned it, she apologized if she had hurt me in any way. And we, we basically just hugged and forgave each other and went on with our activities that night. And immediately after I did this, out of obedience to God, the anger and the resentment just melted away. And I felt a burden lift off of me that I, I didn't realize was even there before. Right. And I felt a lightness in my step and a freedom once again between me and God. We, we don't realize the weight of our sin until it's released off of us. And we right. feel that clarity and lightness in our step once again. Yes. Well, that right there. You know, let's talk about that. You see that this other woman didn't know. She had no idea that she'd offended you, but look how far the enemy took that mild offense. No clue. You know? And if you had continued to let it build, you probably would have never spoken to this woman again. Right. And we're we're friends to this day. That's awesome. And it was years and years and years ago. Yeah. And that's one example out of millions, probably billions. The enemy loves it when we're offended. We assume so many wrong things, and it's better Mm -hmm. to clear the matter up with the person than to let it sit and build up. Right. You know, that's good. Now, the Bible says that anger is a foothold for the devil. Sure is. You know, that's in Ephesians four twenty six and 27. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Yep. So the word tells us here that when we're angry, it allows an opening for the devil to come to you and wreak more havoc in your life and cause you to sin in other ways as well. And we're commanded to forgive and not hold a grudge or anger in our hearts, not just because God said so, but because He knows what that anger will do to us in now and in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on, Laura. It not only affects us spiritually, but it also can have physical ramifications on our body. Mm. Like sin affects our body physically. Right. Right. Sin and sickness are fruit from the same tree. Wow. Right. So we good. might experience migraines, you know. Right. An ulcer, I don't, other sicknesses. Oh, yeah. Right. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we don't realize that, you know, that it connects right. to the physical, but it does. It does. Yes. So, you know, when we refuse to forgive someone else, it only hurts us, not them. Yeah. And when we forgive someone and they refuse to make things right between us, well, then that weight is, and sin is laid upon their lap. And that issue is now between them and God, not you anymore. Right. You were obedient. Right. Yeah. God desires unity between each person, not division, especially between brothers and sisters in Christ, since we're all the same spiritual family. That's right. You know, Jesus talks about forgiving others in the Bible multiple times, you know. Right. A good example is Matthew eighteen twenty one through 22. It says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Ooh. Yeah. Jesus instructs us to forgive as many times as it's needed. And he finishes in Matthew eighteen twenty three through 35. He explains why. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king a king, sorry, who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. That's scary. But the man fell down before his master, and he begged him, please be patient with me, and I'll pay for it. I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called to the man who he had forgiven and said, You evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to give, to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. I mean, yeah, he was good. shown forgiveness first. Yes. But he still chose right. yeah. to hold it against the other. God forgave us of our sins. To live yeah. in freedom, we must forgive the ones who have hurt us. Even when Jesus was on the cross dying, he said in Luke 23, verse 34, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. After all that Jesus was put through, he said forgive them. Again, I've said this a few times in the last couple of podcasts. They don't understand what they don't know. Jesus has said this to me multiple times now. Mm-hmm. In Hosea 4, 6, um, it says, My people perish because they lack knowledge. Right. There are so many good reasons for us to understand why forgiveness is so important. Unforgiveness causes sickness. And it could also cause you to, to not be healed if you're holding on to it. Mm-hmm. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness, which also causes sickness. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Unforgiveness holds us in bondage to the person that sinned against us. Unforgiveness steals our peace. And unforgiveness steals our joy. And that's just a few reasons. Right. You know, what's the enemy's job? In John 10.10, 10, it says, Jesus, Jesus has said this, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Unforgiveness has the enemy's fingerprints all over it. Yeah. It starts, wow. with, it starts with someone hurting us, and then we harbor hatred and unforgiveness in our hearts. The enemy uses anything he can to destroy us, so it's important for us to gain knowledge in this area. We need to understand how the enemy gets through to us. You know, unforgiveness is only one way, and he's good at building it up within us, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You know, I want to just share something, just a little story of my background with my sister. I had, you know, I had two older sisters and two younger brothers. And my, the sister that was about four years older than me, yeah. the one immediately above me, you know, we just had a tough relationship. And growing up, it was, you know, I was kind of like the the dutiful son, you know, from the prodigal son. Yeah. I, I did what was right. I tried to, I was like, you know, we talked about we're all people pleasers, you know, and trying to please my parents and do things right. And my sister was the opposite. You know, she was kind of considered the black sheep of the family, you know. Yeah. She just strayed and she did things her own way. And um, when she there came was, back home, did mom and dad be like, hey, we, let's take her back in? No yeah, problem. you know, I mean, like, even when there was chores to be done yeah. and stuff like that, my sister would take off and go do her own thing, and then I'm stuck doing the chores, Yeah, you know. So that built up a lot of resentment over the years. And, you know, her just, I wanted her to be the sister I could trust, and she'd be my older sister, and we could do things together. And, yeah. and we did. The confidant. Right. And we did do things together. It was fun and all that. But then she would turn on me and then use those things that I told her in secret against me. So, you know, it was always kind of uh, publicly embarrassing me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there was always that 
difficult relationship between us. We fought a lot, you know, and that was kind of our relationship ongoing for a long time. And, you know, when she got older, um, she would just, you know, still continue in her own lifestyle and doing things. And I would talk to her about things, you know, and if I ever tried to talk to her about the Lord or she'd say, get off your soapbox, quit preaching to me, you know, stuff like that. And I was only trying to say things so that she would change, you know. There was just just a lot of resentment and anger there. After a while, it was just like even when we would we were married and gone our own ways, you know, and we'd come back together, you know, people were like, "Well, don't say that around." I'm like, "I'm not going to walk around on eggshells for my sister, you know. Yeah. She just needs to get over it, you know." And so I had that kind of attitude, yeah. you know. And uh, a lot of times, I just felt like I was a, a doormat, and she continued to walk all over me. Yeah. And I I was tired of that. You know, right. I was tired of yeah. being, you know, the one walked all over, and I, I just wasn't going to put up with one of it anymore. And, yeah. you know, sometimes she'd call me, and I was thank- thankful for caller ID, you know, after a while, because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Lydia, you know. <laughs> but even though I loved my sister, there's just so much stuff there that under the rug, you yeah. know, that had been swept under there that, you know, I just, I had a difficult time. So, Long story short, <laughs> yeah, it built up. Right? It built up. Yeah, and uh, over time, uh, there was a lot of things that took place in my sister. You know, and she she had gone back to the Lord, right? And she started going to church, which was wonderful. You know, right. and we would, you know, have discussions here and there. You know, and she'd call me, and we'd talk and stuff. And my sister had always wanted to, to get pregnant and have a baby, and she was older. You yeah. know, but she had had some breast cancer. And there was a lump that was found. And so she had radiation and then she had to go on medication. But when you do that, you can't have, you can't get pregnant because right. it can harm the baby. So she went through a time of that, of just healing. And then she finally got pregnant. And at eight months, you know, she was in the baby's nursery and she was uh, sitting in the rocking chair. And all of a sudden, she just felt like something changed, something was wrong. She went to the doctor the next day and found out the baby's heartbeat had just stopped. So she, uh, you know, the baby was stillborn, and they they had to take the baby, and it was a little girl. She had already named her Erica, had things all over the nursery, you know. So that's really, really hard. And she got really angry, angry at God, you know, because she felt like when they did the autopsy, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the baby, you know, just the heart stopped. So she blamed God for it. And so there was a lot of anger and resentment against God for that in her life, and um you know, Did she, she ever have other children? No. Oh, okay. No, that she was never. Her one and only. Yeah, that was her own one and only. And so, anyway, when she got angry and those things harbored, and the cancer came back, and uh, it was in her bones, and that it was stage is. four cancer, right? Wow. But in that time, there was a lot of healing that took place between my sister and I. And you know, I was reading the book at the time, "The Purpose Driven Life" by Rick Warren, and in that book, the Lord was pointing out to me the things that I had in my life that needed to change. Right. And so he showed me kind of a vision of my sister. And I, I saw that mat, you know, that I'd always see in my head. Yeah. That I'm the mat and she'd walk all over me, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Lord was saying, he said to me, I've blessed you. And I've opened your eyes to see things from a different perspective. And I want you to... Um, <laughs> it's a heavenly perspective, right? Yeah. He showed me that you're going to have to allow yourself to be that mat and let let her walk on you so that I can change your heart. Yeah. And so it was like the Lord was saying to me, you know, I was a servant to all. Here I am. I'm the I'm God enthroned on high and I came down to earth to be a, you know, a servant to the to the people because right. I love them. And so he was showing me Sorry. That's okay. He was showing me that I needed to be that servant as well. And I needed to pour out my life so that he could change my sister's heart. And he did. Oh, how, you know? how wonderful. And wow. she, she did. She came back to the Lord. I remember in phone conversations, she would say, you've changed. And I'd just say, yeah, that's the Lord. Yeah, That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> that was his idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, when my sister was still with cancer, and she was, she was getting close to dying, I knew she was because the Lord gave me that heads up. Yeah. He always does. The Holy Spirit always gives me a heads up, like, okay, this is this is going to take place, and yeah. I want you to be ready for it. And I was just sitting there, all of a sudden, the Lord, I kept hearing this verse, 
like this, just the first line of the verse. It's just like when he gives me words each day, I'll hear the first line and I just go write it down. And once I write the first line, all the rest of the poem or all the rest of the words from the Lord comes. And so I kept hearing this first line. It said, loudly, loudly, I hear her call. Laughter, laughter fills the hall. And my sister was always the comedian in the family. She was the clown, you know, loved to make everybody laugh. And so when I heard those words, I was like, okay, I need to write these down. As soon as I wrote them down, the rest of the poem came. Oh, wow. Can't wait. Go ahead. So I'm just going to share that poem with y'all now. And just before, just a little disclaimer, you know, before I read the poem, because this is personal. Yeah. When I mentioned Mike, that's the name of her husband. And the little girl that, you know, of course, she was going to have was Erica. Okay. And she did have her. But she's in heaven right now, right. you know. And I had this poem. I got this poem before my sister passed away, so I did get to share it with her oh, before oh, she wow, passed. Beautiful. And she loved it, you know, because yeah. it, it was true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the things I say in here is true. So here's the poem. It says, "Loudly, loudly, I hear her call. Laughter, laughter fills the halls. Apples baking in a pie. She was a great baker. Yeah. Apples baking in a pie. The aroma tantalizing, widening my eyes. Laughter and jokes, funny faces and pokes." Sensitive and caring, a life worth sharing. I remember making dinners and putting on plays. I remember playing school. Those were the days. Mm-hmm. Hopscotch and gymnastics, riding bikes and twirling batons, playing outside till the streetlights came on, yep. taking turns riding in a wagon that was pulled by a bike, doing cartwheels and round-offs, doing things girls like. Riding in our station wagon, going on vacation. Got the back window down for much needed ventilation. (laughs) Swimming at the lake, playing mermaids in the water, picnicking on the shore with our mother and father. Going to the forest preserves, taking hikes on the trails, long brunette hair worn in ponytails. Polka dot dresses with Peter Pan collars, pink sponge rollers, dippity-doo gel, bobby pins and ribbons, we knew them all too well. We all had long, dark hair. Yeah. Going to the library, checking out records all summer, listening to songs about friends being sung by James Taylor, Rolling, roller skating in the basement and twirling around the pole. I love it. Sitting and spinning on my mom's records, I promised not to tell us all. <laughs> <laughs> Laying in our beds at night, talking in the dark, sharing all our secrets, having a heart to heart. You going to the bathroom yelling, come in here and talk to me. I can't believe you asked me that. Are you sure there's enough air? (laughs) Clothes, clothes, what would we do without them? Trade them, buy them, mix and match them, steal them, borrow them just for the day, return them unharmed? Yeah, like no way. (laughs) Argue, fight, kiss and make up. It's all about sisters and the stuff we're made of. Oh, we fought. Yes, we did. We said things we regret. We got mad. We made up. We got tired. We went to bed. We lived. We laughed. We loved. We learned. My life with my sister was not something I spurned. She is a gift that was given from God up above to change my heart, my hardened heart, into a heart full of love. For though we had our differences, we were like night and day, one who played the dutiful son, the other the prodigal who went astray. For years I was angry playing the dutiful son, watching the prodigal prance and play while there were chores to be done. I felt it was my duty to always be upright, to exemplify a perfect life so you might get things right. But as we grew older, death and sickness took its toll. God spoke to my heart and said, it's time to open up your soul. I cannot remember exactly what it is I said. I just remember surrendering to my master's bid. It didn't matter what was done. It was all in the past. I must forgive my sister, just as my Savior had asked. The Duchess, she called me, and rightfully so. I placed myself there on a pedestal of gold. Judgmental I had become, not outwardly, of course, just within my own heart. Sin has no remorse. I repented of my sin, and I crawled down off the soapbox. My hands slowly opened, and out dropped the rocks. Who was I to judge? There's nothing perfect here. A sinner, plain and simple, who's been forgiven year after year. My sister and I reached out for each other. God's healing balm melted our hearts towards one another. You've changed, I've noticed, she said to me one day. I smiled and just nodded, listened and nodded her way. It's Christ who's done the changing. No credit is due to me at all. He's cleansed my heart and opened my eyes, took a sledgehammer and knocked down the wall. Life is much too short, you see, to give one moment to anger. Sharing and loving and laughing with you, being your sister, not a stranger. These words, they keep flowing as golden memories from the past. They float past my mind's eye, and then I write them down real fast. 
My emotions, they are stirring. My heart can't remain calm. My voice cries out to the Lord. He sends me his healing balm. What glories lie beyond death's gate, but beauty and joy in a world devoid of hate. No more sorrow, no more weeping, no more cleaning and sweeping, no more sickness, no more death, definitely no reason to be sleeping. For God has planned a glorious place too awesome for our understanding, with streets of gold pay for you and I, no matter if we're walking or standing. He's made all the plans, gotten all things prepared. There's beauty and happiness ready to be shared. There's no more need for sorrow, for grief or for pain. Lydia's quite happy. She's laughing again. She's dancing and smiling and twirling about. She's holding Erica in her arms with excitement and shouts. Can't you see her just now, having the time of her life? I've never seen her happier. No more sin, no more strife. This world is a darkened place filled with uneasiness and questions, and Lydia found the answer to that. You saw it in her expressions. She's lived a life, done things right, done things wrong, but all the while she kept singing a song, a song about her Savior, sung sometimes quietly, sometimes loudly. You see, she was in love with him. She presented him proudly. It's the strength of the Savior that got her through this life. It's the love of the Savior that enabled her to meet Mike. I know that she would want you to hear the funny stories of her family and all that she held dear. The story of her life is a victorious one because she gave her heart to Jesus, God's one and only Son. Loudly, loudly, I hear her call. Give your life to Jesus. He's my one, my all. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing something so personal. And now we're all crying. Yeah, I know. I thank you for sharing. Kathy that. was passing out, passing out the tissues. <laughs> Sorry if you heard sniffles during that because it was real tears here. Mm, that spoke to me in so many ways. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, Susan and I have also also talked about how her sister's relationship with her and mine with my sister was very similar. similar yeah. Yes, almost scary. You know how yeah how closely related we were. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Well. Thank you for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making me cry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 the real deal, you know, and it was all a download from the Lord. Yeah. Um, I would see things from my past as he gave me the poem, and I just wrote them down. Like I said, I wrote yeah. them down real fast. Yeah. And he, he knows. He knows our hearts. He, he knows does. the things that we suffer through, but he knows all things work together for the good, yeah. if we'll allow the Lord to use it for the good. Yeah. Right. It can cause our be to our detriment, or it can be for His glory. Right, and this was definitely for His Absolutely glory. Absolutely, yeah. yes. When I read this to my sister before she passed, I said, "I saw this in a vision. I saw you with your baby in heaven." And she just, it just, she just kept saying, "It's beautiful. It's beautiful." It's and you know she knew it was true. Yeah. <laughs> All the things we had gone through, and but the beautiful thing was is that. We made peace right. with all those things. It didn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't and matter. It, and it changed your heart. It did. It for did. the things of God. And we became wow. closer than ever yeah. before she passed. And, and so even when she did pass, I had such a peace in my heart that, you know, I'm so glad that I did the right thing, that I didn't hold a grudge, that I just let it go. And I, like the Lord showed me, I allowed myself to be a servant and I allowed, to be, allowed myself to be that mat. Right. So that these things could come about, so that the healing could take place. Not only in her, but you too. Right. Like once once he revealed that to you, that opened your heart. Right. Because you understood. Right. You mm-hmm. understood what God had You were more did. like his mat. Yes, I was. I was. You were a I servant was, to him. Right. Correct. Yes, exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, and, and uh, you know, now when I think back about her, I don't have any regret. I don't have any anger. It's all gone. Yeah. All I have is love. Yeah. And I can't wait to see her one day. I know uh-huh. it. God did that. Right. Thank you. Father. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. That's that's quite hard to follow up. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right. Um, I think you know, just not just with our sister siblings, mm-hmm. or but you know, any relationship involves forgiveness. It does. Yeah. I think in particular being married for 26 years, it's well included its moments of unforgiveness and later <laughs> forgiveness. <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have been guilty of harboring unforgiveness, which led to resentment only to come to realize that I was suffering more than he was. Right. There were times in our marriage in which he might have chosen career exper- experiences, which, you know, obviously go on your 
resume in mm-hmm. building street, you know. Right. But I wasn't feeling so supportive about. Yeah. Um, it's understandable. Yeah. So, for instance, I know my husband chose to play a world tournament in China a decade ago. We just relocated, and the kids were in a brand new school. They were young. Then, yeah. Right? Yeah. I wasn't as excited for him as he was for for him to travel across the world. It's right. also a total time difference, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you can't hardly communicate. Mm-hmm. His career and um, and this lifestyle involve a lot of travel, socializing, and the atmosphere in general requires one to be consistently mindful of Christ. Yeah, you you mentioned that before that your husband's a polo player, professional polo yeah. player, and a yeah. coach. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So yeah, he's he's hobnobbing with right the big guys. all over the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. The most challenging, however, were the seasons he was away after the kids started school. I would get into a rhythm of parenting on my own. Then he would return and chaos would erupt. Yeah, Yeah. you're messing up my my, (laughs) My, my my schedule. (laughs) We mamas know how important that can be. Oh, yeah. Or dads. We... We would take, he would take control and change it all up. I therefore would begin to harbor bitterness, which led to resentment. This daily routine I had was altered, and I had to cope all over again with change, which mm-hmm. was difficult for me with two young ones. Yeah. Right. But we were nowhere on our spiritual walk individually as we are today in our intimate relationship with God. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We now come to an agreement after praying to God individually and together, and we make every decision based on our mutual agreement. We also bring our most challenging situations to great Christian friends that have we've made over the years for godly counsel as well. That's good. That's, That's good. wise. Yeah. yeah. To forgive is to reflect the character of Christ. Just as God is willing to forgive us, we are called to forgive others. To forgive is to extend mercy, to give a gift of grace, and to set the offender free. Matthew 6.12 says, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive, have forgiven our debtors. Yeah. So important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. There's also times in my family of origin in which I have not been able to fulfill a promise or expectation another had for me. I remember the feeling that I completely let the person down. It's not a good feeling, especially when I didn't have much control and not fulfilling the need. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember a judgment and later a grudge being held, which makes matters so much worse. Right. And I just did not feel forgiven, rather punished by silence. Yeah. yeah. But I've been on both ends of forgiveness, and it's these experiences that have shown me mercy, love, and grace, as well as how to offer those to others. Mm-hmm. I feel I've witnessed a great deal of self-righteousness in religion while growing up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All of Thank us. Thank you guys. Yeah. yeah. It didn't take long for me to realize this is nothing that comes from God. It only comes from the spirit of religion. Right. Yeah. It teaches one to be narrow-mindedly moralistic, which reminds me of the Pharisees. Exactly. Right? Gosh. That's why Jesus got so angry at him. Yeah. 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 Let's catch everyone doing something wrong instead of what they're doing right. Right. They were so busy creating new laws out of the existing laws and getting everyone to obey them that they lost sight of what God intended for each one of us. Love, grace, and forgiveness. And just a quick side note here, we'll be talking about religion in our next podcast. Oh. Oh, be. Thanks for the preview, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know, we follow Jesus' example, and we lay down our lives for each other by sacrificing our own pride and living our lives as Christ did while on earth. The word Christ means anointed, and we as Christians, or little Christs, must live the anointed lifestyle that Jesus did while here on earth. This also means that we must lay down our lives just as Jesus did for all humanity and live a life of self-sacrifice. That's good. We must, yeah, like what I mentioned, you know, with my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We must forgive as he also forgave us. It's, it's the way of Yahweh. Right. Yes, it is. I agree. I've also experienced sitting in uh, spiritual direction or counseling with many abused people, and I've seen firsthand the damage in people emotionally that comes from sin. Mm-hmm. It's been difficult to hear, indeed. However, it's miraculous to see a person find freedom when the people who I sit with can eventually forgive from their hearts the abuser. That's beautiful. Which is very hard. It is hard. But only through God. Yeah. Right. I had to learn that I can also never fulfill God's role, most especially while sitting with others. I can only be the person He called me to be, and I have arrived at a better concept of who that is by forgiving others and forgiving myself, and most of all, receiving God's forgiveness. 
Yeah, you know, in my first book, Standing on Faith Together, there's a section in there that's titled Letting Go. I think it's in chapter five. You know, forgiveness is tied to faith because we must have faith in God in order to forgive. Right. We must trust that our God knows the person who sinned against us better than we do and pray for them. Then trust that God will radically change that person's heart. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is a big part of letting go. And I talk about how difficult it is to forgive the people who had hurt me and how God walked me through forgiving them. It set me free, you know? And forgiving them didn't mean I had to be best friends with them or even allow them back into my life. That's a good point. Yeah. Forgiving them meant giving it over to God so it's no longer harming me or my family. Right. Sometimes people don't change and they're toxic. So it's best to stay away from them. But God knew I had forgiven them, and it broke the chains that were holding me down, causing me to be angry and bitter. It brought me peace. You know, you guys ever experienced that? Right. Yes. yes. Right. It's also important to forgive yourself. We've talked about that a couple times, too. I've done some things in my life that I felt really terrible about, and some of it I didn't even know I was still holding on to. I had to forgive myself, and I'm not, you know, I'm not that person anymore. Praise God. I'm a new creation in Christ, and he's changed me from the inside out. Holding on to the bad decisions I've made in my life was holding me back. Right. It caused anxiety and stress that shouldn't be there. God has forgiven me, so I need to forgive myself. Right. Yeah. Same for you guys. You know, yeah. everybody that's dealing with that. Yeah, I can definitely relate. Yeah. I believe the most important person I need to forgive is myself. Right. I have a strong inner critic as a number one on the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectionist type of personality, I'm sure. Yeah. Others need to forgive me, too, <laughs> for that. But through my spiritual journey, I've also realized that I've taken on undue burdens that were not mine. I was Like we've said before, I was a peacekeeper in my past, and we all know this job is never done. Yeah. It's like the hamster running on the wheel 24-7. It's you don't impossible. go anywhere. Yeah. And it's, it's possible. Yeah. 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 Well, forgiveness is important to God, and, and it should be just as important to each of us. You know, that's one thing that we you can get out of this podcast. It is forgiveness. It, it, forgiveness is important. Yes. And I want to share with you a word that Jesus gave me when I was sitting with him the other day. I was sitting on the beach with him in heaven, and I was taking in the beauty of the turquoise water that was so clear it took my breath away. Mm. And I asked Jesus why, why it's so important to forgive the ones that have hurt us. And I loved his response. <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. I just, this, this, just so you know, this, is, this topic is very important to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just I could see his face, and it's just important. So, he said, mm, ah, "Anger, hurt, and bitterness, anger, hurt, and bitterness, intertwine together and wrap you up in it like a blanket swaddles an infant. Just as it's hard for an infant to move around, so is it difficult for someone with unforgiveness in their heart to live freely. When an infant is swaddled, it brings them comfort, but they eventually break out of that tight swaddle." You know, the infant begins to grow so they can move around freely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many of my children take the swaddling blanket of unforgiveness that is intertwined with anger, hurt, and bitterness, and they wrap it around them tightly, Mm. thinking it brings them comfort, when in truth they are surrounded in misery. This is how unforgiveness begins, and it continues to grow and build. My children hold on to it, and some are so consumed by it that they find it difficult to focus on anything else. Just as an infant eventually breaks out of a swaddle blanket, my children need to break out and throw off this blanket of unforgiveness that has anger, hurt, and bitterness entwined in it, intertwined in it. And just as an infant is able to move about freely, so are my children that throw off and break away from unforgiveness, finally able to experience that freedom. Wow. My children, I know you've been hurt. I know you're angry. And sometimes you have good reasons to be angry. Mm. The devil, your enemy, wants to keep you in the state of anger because he can use it against you. He can use it to destroy you in ways that many of you don't yet understand. But if you bring it to me, I will set you free. I will show you how to let it go, and I will heal your heart. I will do this every single time you bring it to me. I want to say to you today, just let it go. It's not worth the harm it causes to you and your family. I will take care of you always. Forgive as I have forgiven you. Isn't that a good That's word? So good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so That's emotional so for me. Very good visual. Yeah, yes. it you is. You know, of that blanket, and yes. just, you get used to that. Right. And you think it's comforting you to keep that surrounding you, right. but really it's... It's harming you. And holding you back, and right. keeping you in that infant mentality, when, right. when the Lord wants to grow you he up. He wants to grow you yes. up, bust yeah. you out of it. 
Yeah. Break out of jail. That's you know? very good. So just let it go and let God handle it. Amen. God is so good to give you such good visions and oh, visual I praise him visions, you know, that a visual vision. Yeah. But, you know, it's a visual illustration in those visions so he that he can bring that um, I never know release to, to us just by you telling us that yeah. vision. It's yeah. so good. And the revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I never know what to expect when I spend time with him. He He... Just as you guys, he shocks me every time. Right. And I'm so grateful and thankful. Yeah. So are Opens we. our eyes to things we've never seen before. Yes, exactly. Wow. So good. So good. Today was good. Yeah, it was. It was emotional. It was one of the ones. Sorry. <laughs> um, but forgiveness, unforgiveness, it's, it's important. So we need to understand, you know, that mm-hmm. we cannot live like that. Yeah. You know, just take it to him. Let it go. All right, it's time to close. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about forgiveness. And next week, as I mentioned earlier, we'll, our topic will be religion and the church. Yep, and then we just want to close with this scripture today from Colossians 3.13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Yes, that's good. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Caitlin, we appreciate all you do for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. We would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. kathyzaka.com chosen to write.com and susanoffen.com we hope you'll join us next time and remember live thirsty thank you and may the lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you his peace until next time susan laura and kathy Welcome to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing today. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.